Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you today. Hey, today in the program, it is Thanksgiving. And so I am grateful. Today I'm going to build out a almost like a theology of Thanksgiving. And um, I'm going to base it on understanding our deepest identity that shows up in our tradition, understanding that it's all a gift. The theme shows up quite a bit in my own um, talks, and I think it's very fitting that on Thanksgiving that we have a chance to reflect a little bit more deeply on the reality that it's all a gift. Back in a minute. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out, drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. Let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, I I thank you for the gift of today when we honor you, when we acknowledge you as the source of all the good gifts that are part of our lives. Lord, we thank you today for the blessings of our lives and our faith. We thank you, Lord, today for the gifts of love that we experience in relationships, especially in our families. Lord, we give you thanks today for the lavishing mercies that you pour down upon us when we fall short, when we settle for less in in our relationship to you and how we relate to each other. Holy God, have mercy on us Lord, give us hearts that are full of gratitude, hearts that remember you and acknowledge you and strive to honor you in all that we say and think and do. Lord, I pray for those for whom today is a difficult holiday, those who are entering into family situations and into homes where there will be difficult conversations, potential conflict or drama, and hurts that uh, come to be exposed. I pray, Lord, for healing and for peace. I pray, Lord, that you would surprise those families that that are uh, coming together today in, in broken circumstances, that you would bring life, that you would bring healing, that you would bring peace. Jesus, please today, show us your redeeming love, your redeeming love. Lord, redeem our lives at those places where we have not yet conformed to your call. Lord, I I beg you to give us a conversion of mindset that we would live more fully from the realization that it's all a gift that all that we are and all that we have have come from you as a gift. Thank you, Lord, for that. Lord, we will forever 
be in awe and wonder of you, standing in radical amazement of who you are and what you've done for us in creating us, in rescuing us, in setting us free, in elevating us into a whole new reality to share in your divine life as your children and to give us a destiny that lasts forever. Thank you, God. Thank you. And Lord, we we don't know how to thank you properly, appropriately, and, and, and corresponding to the gifts that we've received apart from your Son. And so, Jesus, please, bring our meager thanks. Bring our meager thanks to the Father. And please, Jesus, offer to him our hearts full of gratitude through, with, and in your heart, your most sacred heart, full of infinite gratitude. Lord, teach us us the meaning of living from thankfulness. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have you ever received such an overwhelming, uh, surprising, unexpected, undeserved gift from someone that it was so great that you said to that person, this is too much. This is, it's just too much. What you're, what you're giving to me, it, it's, it's overwhelming, How can I ever thank you? Have you ever felt that? That, I believe, gets at just maybe in in some way what G.K. Chesterton said about gratitude when he said that gratitude is the highest form of thinking. That when we hold in our minds this sense of indebtedness, not as a, not as a weight, not as a, a burden, but as a sense of wonderment with a, a desire to correspond, to respond appropriately, to respond in our own way to the gift that was offered, the gift that was presented, the gift that was communicated that's my prayer for you today. My prayer for you today is that you would come to a new level of realization of being the recipient, the the recipient of an overwhelming abundance of gifts from God. That you would come to know that and live that in a new way. That would be that would be a beautiful gift the Lord to give to me and to you. Uh, I think it would be a great gift for the Lord to give to all of us um, that, that are Catholic. Well, really, frankly, every human being. <laughs> because every human being stands in that position. Everybody that has ever lived and is alive right now. Did you hear that? Every single human being that has ever lived actually does stand in that position of being the recipient 
of an overwhelming abundance of goodness that has been communicated to each of us, to you and to me, individually and together, from God. And God has given us that freely, abundantly, lavishly. And that sense of how do I respond? How can I make a return to the Lord for all the good he has done for me? Right? Was that Psalm 116? How can I make a return to the Lord for all the good he has done for me? I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. So in the Jewish mindset, there was that sense of overwhelming indebtedness that evokes a response. Today, on thanks, uh, the, the day of Thanksgiving, we are probably pretty busy about many things, right? especially if you're if you're the one responsible for pulling together a meal and then you get to get the house ready and get everything <laughs> decorated and, and all of that, one of the things that can easily slip by the wayside is going to Mass. It's so interesting. Uh, my kids who are at home just discovered this year, a couple days ago, they're like, hey, wait a minute. Thanksgiving isn't a holy day of obligation. <laughs> Thanksgiving isn't a holy day of obligation. Uh, yeah, and well, no, strictly speaking, it's not a holy day of obligation. But what my kids have known and experienced every year of their lives, all of my kids, is that we make a point of going to Mass on Thanksgiving. And so they've never had a Thanksgiving that didn't begin with, we go to Mass. And I got to give Carrie credit because this is something that we've done in the midst of her having us, her, what we having, us having nine kids, 13, 12 and under, uh, yeah, 12 and under, and still making it to Mass. And even though we're putting together the meal, we means she, <laughs> and I'm helping. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the servant at that point. But going to Mass was a critically important part of how we attempted to shape in our kids' minds the meaning of Thanksgiving. We're gathering together not to recall the pilgrims. We are gathering together on a national feast day that is connected to the pilgrims, yes, and they're giving thanks to God for their journey on the Mayflower, right, making it to Plymouth Rock, and, and they're making it through uh, the, the dangerous elements of weather and, and, and being able to survive and all of that. With the Catholic squanto, let's go. Uh, the, uh, and so they, they celebrated with the Native uh, Americans the, this reality of uh, giving thanks, but giving thanks to God. They, they acknowledged that they were the recipients through the trials and difficulties, through their journey, they gave thanks to God for his provision, for his goodness. We wanted our kids to know that. We want our kids to live in a mindset of gratitude. Gratitude to God for the gifts given. Not just, I'm so thankful I don't have to go through those difficulties. I'm so thankful that 
I don't have to uh, face those challenges or go without those uh, good things. It's not just about being thankful in itself. It's being thankful to the one who has given, the one who's been the source and the communicator of those things. So this this whole reality of gratitude, and, and G.K. Chesterton calling it, referring to it as the highest form of thinking, is connected to the deepest form of our, the deepest understanding of our identity. The highest form of thinking is connected to the deepest sense of our identity. And, and you've heard me say this. This is a message that I feel such a stewardship to bring to you. And it's that message of knowing your identity, who you are, who are you, knowing your identity as a gift. That's who you are. You don't just have gifts. You're not just good at things and you have abilities and you have other things that your stewardships, uh, you have a stewardship of the, the money and the time and the talents and the treasure, right? All those types of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, the gifts that you have is one thing. The gift that you are, the gift that your life is, the gift that your being a person is, is connected to God. And, and, and that's your deepest identity. And when we realize that, when we realize that, that shifts how we approach our lives. You, you've heard me be re- reflecting a bit on this in the last couple of weeks when I was talking about this, this reality of recognizing that you have this destiny that is beyond this world, right? We're in this time of the four last things, and so you have a destiny that's beyond this world. But let, let's go back to the origin. Let's go back to the origin, right? And not so much focus on the destiny, but focus on the origin. And we're going to learn from Thomas Aquinas. Okay, so Thomas Aquinas is going to help us here understand when I say that it's all a gift and that you as a person is a gift. You remember, this is St. John Paul II's theological anthropology, right? His theological way of reflecting on and articulating or expressing in his teachings what it means to be a human being, what it means to be a person created in the image and likeness of God. That's you. And that's me. And he, in his teachings on the theology of the body, that's what they're popularly known as, really are traced back to what it means to be a person. They're, they're really the theology of the person who is embodied, more than the theology of the body, but that's a different conversation. So what it means to be a person is he goes back into our tradition and looks at the stream from the scriptures down through the great theological writers, especially Augustine and Aquinas, but those traditions as well, the Augustinian tradition and the, and the, um, the, the scholastic tradition going from, coming from Aquinas, that there is this definite concept that to be a person is to be gift, to be a gift. And it's something that I think it is evocative for today, but it's what we also lose sight of. So let's go back to Thomas Aquinas. Let's start with Thomas Aquinas. And so when Thomas Aquinas starts to reflect on this concept of a gift, he says, well, what, what's a gift? When we think of a gift, we think of things that are given and things that are given by someone to someone, right? So if you were a recipient of a gift, somebody gave you something. So in order to have a gift, there needs to be a giver and a receiver and a gift. So Aquinas goes on and he says, and he's quoting Aristotle here, 
in, in, in some of what he's teaching. He says that a gift is something that is intended to be given away. A gift by its very nature, by its very definition, is something that is intended to be give away, given away. And so Thomas Aquinas, in the first part of the Summa Theologica, he is talking about the Blessed Trinity. He's talking, he's writing about the Blessed Trinity. And in there, he talks about the proper names of the first person, the second person, and the third person of the Trinity. So the proper name of the first person of the Trinity is Father. The proper name of the second person of the Trinity is Son or Word. Well, what about the third person of the Trinity? Well, I'll tell you in a minute on Sound Insight. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com. drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to Sound Insight. So, talking about the persons of the Trinity, the Blessed Trinity, uh, the persons in God, and what is what is their proper name? What's the proper way of identifying them? First person is Father, the second person is Son or Word, and then what about the third person? Well, the Holy Spirit. He says that there are two different answers. There are two different answers for how to properly What's the proper name of the Holy Spirit as a person in God? And the two answers are, one is love. The Holy Spirit is love. Or the Holy Spirit is gift. Those are the two words. The Holy Spirit is love. The third person of the Trinity is love or is gift. And he links the two, Aquinas does. He says, to say gift is to say love. And to say love is to say gift. Well, why? Well, to say that something has a gift quality to it has an aspect to it that's associated with being given by someone. And when you're giving someone a gift, there is an expression of love that is associated with the giving of a gift to someone. So, a gift by its nature is associated most you know, naturally with this idea of love. So he develops this in, by connecting it to the person who is the receiver. So the, the concept of gift, now if we reflect on it, is going to have this, th- this, these three aspects. There's going to be a gift, the, the, the aspect of gift is going to be connected to the giver of the gift. The aspect of, uh, of gift is going to be connected to the receiver of the gift. And the, uh, the, the reality of gift is going to have something to do with the nature of the thing itself that is given. Okay? Whew. Okay, so the gift in and of itself, the gift in terms of the giver, and the gift in terms of the recipient. Right? So those are the three different aspects. So... Let's let me let me give you an example. So when uh, Carrie uh, was pregnant with one of our later kids, 
uh, say the sixth kid, right? So let's say John Luke. Uh, and she was at the hospital and, and she had the baby. One of the things that I did was I had the older kids get a gift to give to mom, to give to Carrie, as a way of uh, expressing their congratulations to their mom. And it was really beautiful because what they would do is they would go to the store with me and it would just be like the dollar store, right? It wasn't anything super special, but they got a chance to pick a gift that was going to express for them a meaningful way of saying to their mom, I love you, mom. Congratulations on the baby. And one of the, it was so delightful because when the, uh, we would then present the gifts to Carrie and she would open them up one at a time and all the kids that were, all the kids were there and they had this like anticipation and their smile on their faces because when they opened it up, they saw the reaction of Carrie and she knew how to respond beautifully and spontaneously and with, you know, <laughs> enthusiasm and joy. When that child saw their mother open and receive and respond positively and enthusiastically to the gift that they gave. So um, with that in mind, um, Carrie would then try to pick who it was that gave that gift. And again, it was one of those delightful things where, you know, the kid would be able to describe, uh, be able to say, I gave you that gift. And so there was such a delight in the child and in my kids to be able to give a gift to their mom, to be able to pick the gift that was given. And in the giving of the gift, what were they giving? They were giving something of their own love for their mom in the, the, the particular gift that was given. And, and that particular gift was in a way, listen now, the presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, presence, not present, the, the gift or the present is the, in a certain way, the presence of the giver. And so when I receive this gift from you, in a certain sense, I'm receiving you. Does that make sense? I'm receiving you. And so the presence of the giver is manifested in the one, in the gift that is given by the one who gave it. And so the, the gift is essentially linked to the giver. Now, there's also this sense of saying, um, and this is again Aristotle, and it's quoted by Aquinas, that the gift has a nature, there's a nature of it, of an unreturnable giving. The gift that is given is given freely, right? This, it's gratuitously, is the word, gratuitously. It's given freely, and it's given in a way that says it's not intended to be returned. So the nature of a gift is such that when it's given, it's not given in order that something would be received in return. It's given freely, and it's given that it wouldn't be given back. And there isn't a sense of saying, when I give this to you, I'm expecting that you're going to give me something in return. I'm freely bestowing upon you something that I do not intend for you to give back to me. And what I'm giving to you, first of all, in giving this to you, is my love. 
a sign of my presence to you. And, and it's an indication of that presence of my love to you. And I don't intend for you to return. All of this, all of this is, is the concept of a gift. That when, when you come to realize that you, you, your identity, is wrapped up, wrapped up in gift, <laughs> that, that your understanding of who you are is connected to this idea that you are a gift. Your life is a gift. All that you are and all that you have is a gift. It's all a gift. But that by itself can be the source of understanding why gratitude is the, like, uh, um, the, not the required response in just, like, by, in, by justice sake, right? But out of love, out of, out of a sense of being overwhelmed at being the recipient of so much goodness freely. Okay. Now let's talk about the different layers of this reality that you're a gift. Okay, the first one is going to be a little bit of a shock to you, I think. I, it's probably You may not have ever heard this before, but it is a stream in our tradition. And it's really the, the deepest understanding of how you're a gift. Okay, are you ready for this? Do you know what it means that you're a gift? And the first meaning of it, that you're a gift, is that you are a gift given not to you. You are a gift given from the Father to the Son in God from all eternity. When Jesus looks upon you in time, in history, you're being born into this world, it's the Father saying to the Son, I have a gift for you. Here is my gift to you. Do you know how precious you are? Do you have any idea how utterly unique the, the, the detailed level of care and uh, identification of every little aspect of, of who you are, your personality, your, your, your look, your, who you are, just every dimension of your life? It's the Father saying, Son, I love you. And here's a sign of my love for you. That's how important you are. That is how incredibly significant your very being is. And guess what? The fact that you're a gift from the Father to the Son, that's prior to anything that you do with your life. It's prior to anything you say. It's prior to any of your actions, any of your attitudes. It's who you are in the mind of God. You here, here, my son, is my gift to you. That's who you are. If uh, I guess here's my second prayer. My second prayer for you is that you would come to know that truth in a new way, in a fresh way, in, in a way that will heal your heart in a way that will unbind your mind, your thinking about yourself. This is something that you'll want to pass on to your kids. This is something you want to pass on to your grandkids. This is something that you'll want to know about your own life. 
and be able to hand it on to those you love, your spouse, your kids, everyone. That, do you have any idea who you are? Do you have any idea how much you're loved? You're, you're who you are. You're the gift of the Father to the Son. That's who you are. Okay, that's, that's that first level. So pray for that. Father, please, in Jesus' name, please reveal to me what it means. What does it mean, Father, that I'm a gift that you created in order to give to your Son? That that's who I am. Please help me to realize the dignity and the preciousness, just how utterly unique and irreplaceable I am in your plan that that's who I am. That that's a that is the that's the meaning. That 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 is a meaning. That is a, a way of understanding my, my deepest identity. Thank you. Please, Father, help me to know that in a new way. So that's that's your first identity as gift. The second, that when I say all is gift and that you are a gift, what does that mean? Well, it means that in fact you did not create yourself. Uh, to use the in like the language of Aquinas, you are not your own cause. You didn't cause your own existence. It's not something we think about very much. We we don't reflect at that level. We we, if you will, take for granted our own existence. But if you ponder it a little bit on this Thanksgiving, ponder it. You didn't one day just think, I'd like to exist. Boom, snap your fingers, and here I am. That's not how you came to be. That's not how anyone came to be. For each of us, our own existence is, yes, a gift. Uh, Hans Ernst von Balthasar, right, that cardinal of the church, named a cardinal shortly before he died, and uh, amazing theologian of the 20th century, and a colleague of St. John Paul II and Pope Benedict XVI. He would use phrases to uh, get at this concept of being created that uh, as a gift. He would say things like, his phrases were, you were granted access to being. You were permitted entry into being. You were welcomed into existence. And those beautiful phrases, granted access to existence, permitted entry. You were welcomed into being. And that's, that's the very first like, meaning of this idea that it's all a gift. All that you are and have is a gift. Uh, that it's a gift from God, that God chose your existence. He caused your existence. You did not cause it. And and it's interesting because we tend to focus more on choice, right? Uh, that my existence is a choice. No, it's a gift because you didn't create yourself. You didn't choose to be here. Someone chose for you to be here. And I, that's that can be a threat to some people. Maybe that's one of the reasons why we don't focus on things at that level because of our focus on independence and autonomy, and that could be that sense of a threat that um, I am, in fact, reliant upon God for my very being. Um, rather than having the sense that um, relying upon God for the gift of our own existence is, in fact, 
a beautiful thing rather than a, a threatening thing. Or even that just being here is a random occurrence. It's an accident. It's just uh, happened to be, right? It's a random chance that I'm happened to be here. Not what the church teaches. The church teaches you're willed by God. He chose to create you, put you here in this moment. And this is where we ought to have a sense of, of wonder and awe at our own existence. I like to say that you have no idea how unlikely your own existence is. <laughs> Do you realize how unlikely it is that you're here? Like, your actual existence is like winning the lottery. The odds of you being here is, is like getting a, a winning lottery ticket, being born. And, uh, it's, and it's from everything from the idea that your mom and dad, like, they might have been open to life in, in uh, their married life, but they weren't imagining you specifically. Um, as their child. So just that all by itself, the, the wonder of you coming from your mom and dad's love is something that is so identifiable with God's willing that you would be here. But did you ever think about other levels of this, other layers of the wonder and awe that ought to accompany your very existence and for which you ought to give thanks? Well, if you're not sure what I mean, I'll come back around to this on the other side of the break. I think you'll be a bit surprised. I'm wondering if you've ever thought about this before. What am I talking about? Well, I'll tell you in a minute on Sound Insight. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Carnes. Great to be with you. I am so grateful to God for you. I'm thankful for your prayers, your support. I know many of you have um, also financially supported me over the course of 25 years of uh, being involved in a nonprofit organization that I began uh, in the year 2000. Uh, it was called My Catholic Faith Ministries, and I operated that nonprofit ministry, and, and I still do work as a nonprofit. Uh, out of a nonprofit status, uh, and that's what you find at mycatholicfaith.org. And, and I'm very grateful to you for th those of you that uh, appreciate and are a blessing to me financially. I thank you for that. Uh, there is the ability, if um, I know Giving Tuesday is coming up, if there is a sense of you saying, you know, Tom, I'm grateful to you for the gifts that you have given to me, you can go to mycatholicfaith.org. There is a donation page there. I, I really never ask for donations. Uh, I just offer what I do, and folks that discover it uh, sometimes will offer a gift, a financial, it, it's, it is tax-deductible gift. And so I thank you for that. That, that is a, a real gift to me. And uh, for that, I'm grateful. Um, when I, just before the break, I was talking about the, the surprising reality of your own existence. So think about your mom and dad meeting, like Carrie and I. We met really because I pursued, I literally chased after her brother after Mass one day at the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception. Her brother, Patrick, we were at Mass. Uh, I saw him. And after Mass, I was like, oh, hey, I want to get to know that guy better. Because we had uh, met at a sort of a, a social event for uh, theology students at the Catholic, at Catholic University. And I'm like, oh, let me, let me go say hi to him. And I just had to track him down. And, uh, and it was tricky finding him because it's a pretty big church. And when I got a hold of him, we ended up uh, having lunch and then 
became friends, and then he told me about his sister, and <laughs> he told his sister, that's Carrie, about me. Uh, Carrie was studying graduate school about four hours away, and she came up, and we met, and then he left. You know, he left um, a, a matter of weeks after she arrived. And if we had not become friends, and that connection didn't happen, you know, we're not getting married. We, don't, we just don't meet. This just doesn't happen. Well, you can start taking that backwards, right? Start thinking about your own parents. Did you ever hear the story of your own parents meeting? And what if they, what if they missed in their meeting? No you. But what about the near misses connected with their lives, right? My mom, she was born in Northern Italy. She came over after the Second World War on, uh, on a boat and arrived in Boston. And the likelihood of, of my mom being born in Northern Italy and my dad being born outside of uh, Boston, Massachusetts, that they would ever meet was so unlikely. <laughs> and then the fact that they both survived their own childhoods and then go back to their parents and their parents surviving, you know, difficulties and trials and, and, and sicknesses and accidents and injuries and, and, and then their parents, and then their parents, and then their parents. Right? You go back, and the unlikely nature of the, can you believe that they met? Can you believe that they got together? Can you believe that they survived? Can you believe that they got married? Can you believe that they ended up having that child that ended up meeting? Like, it's like impossible that you exist. <laughs> All of those near misses that led to other near misses, that led to coincidental meetings, that led to coincidental happenings, that led to coming togethers, that led to being married. It's shocking how like, you should stand in like, holy cow, I can't believe that I exist. When I add up all of those happenings that come together, it's either that or it's the hand of God. It's the hand of God that is committed to us. It's not just that he chose that we would be here, but that he committed himself to our existence. He committed himself to us. And this incredible gift of our life being associated less with our own choosing to be here right now, because we didn't cause our own existence, right? And instead, focusing on that God is the one who has given you this great gift of your life. It's stunning, right? A beautiful, stunning thing that we ought to just stand in awe and wonder and say, Lord, how do, how do I ever thank you? And really, that's it does bring me around to the Mass. I want to come around to the Mass because, yes, your first meaning that you're a gift is you're a gift from the Father to the Son. The second meaning of all is gift is that you're a gift in God's plan to this world. You're uniquely designed and placed in the moment that you were, in the place that you were, to become who he intends you to be to fulfill the call that he has for you. There's something so utterly stunning and precious about you being you in God's plan that, again, if I could only hope something for you today, it would be that you'd ask the Lord to reveal that to you. Ask the Lord to reveal to you 
how utterly precious and unique you are in his plan for this world. For this world. Okay, so do you realize, okay, do you hear this? Do you realize that you manifest, you bring out into the open, you, you, you display in this world something of the goodness and beauty and truth of what it means to be a human being in a way that nobody else does that's ever lived other than Jesus. There's something that is utterly unique and irreplaceable about the way that you bring into the open in this moment in history something of what it means to be a human being and its beauty and truth and goodness. That's how, that's how much dignity you have. And then for those of you that are Christian, those of you that are baptized, those of you that are Catholic Christian disciples of Jesus, right? It, there, there's even a more stunning aspect to your identity as gift that you bring out into the open, you display in a way that no one else that has ever lived other than Jesus, right? You're going to display something of Jesus Christ into this moment in history, into this world, in a way that no one else ever has. Did you hear what I just said? That means Jesus is going to shine through you in this world. Jesus himself is going to be present and active in this world through your life. That's a gift. That's the gift that God intends you to be in this world. Holy cow. I, I keep saying holy cow. <laughs> do you realize that? Do, do you stand in awe and wonder of that? It's not about the gifts you have. It's not about the abilities you've been able to develop. It's not about your connections. It's not about the things that you've done. It's not about the things that you've owned. It's not about the places that you've gone. It's who you are. It's who you are. And as a baptized person, a confirmed person, the Lord, Jesus is saying, ah, you are my gift in this moment in history. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be at work through you in this world. That's what I want for you, brothers and sisters in Christ. I want you to know that gift. I want you to know that sense, that, uh, that deeper truth of who you are. And that, uh, that he has given you these gifts in order to, the, the other gifts he's given you, he's given them to you to be a steward, right? The gift that you are and the gifts that you have, this is, this is a stewardship. Now, I'm going to just talk for one minute about this idea of, this idea, well, wait a minute, all is gift. I, I don't feel like the gift that I've been given or the gifts that I've been given are really fair compared to so many other people. I am feeling a little bit left out on the gift train. Um, I'm feeling like the Lord has given me things that it's really hard for me to say that I've received um, all the gifts that, that I need to be able to uh, really flourish in life. And these other people seem to have so much. How do we understand that? Well, the, the Catechism of the Catholic Church presents the church's teaching on this in a way that is, again, it's a little bit shocking. I don't think we really hear this and reflect on this that often, but very important for us to know, especially on Thanksgiving. Okay, so I want you to hear this passage. 
par- these two these two chap uh, paragraphs, 1936 and 1937 in the Catechism. Actually, you know what? We'll come up against a break. I, I'll I'll talk about them after the break because I want to be able to have you hear them and, and really just like reflect on them. This is Top Counter today on Sound Insight. I'm, I'm reflecting on the reality of Thanksgiving. Why why are we giving thanks today? What are the deepest things that we are giving thanks to God for? And it comes down to this gift message. When we come back, we'll talk a bit about the stewardship that is rooted in Thanksgiving as well. Okay, back in a minute with Sound Insight. Hey, welcome back to the program. So talking about all is gift, knowing who you are. Do you realize who you are as a daughter of God, as a son, as a child of God, a son of God, because of Jesus and how he's going to shine through you in the world and it's all a gift? Well, what about this idea of stewardship? If it's all a gift and I'm feeling like I don't have everything that I need or there's so many people who lack what they need and I've been given so much, how are we to understand that? Okay, paragraphs 1936 and 1937 and the Catechism are very challenging, but needing to be heard today. This is what it says. On coming into the world, man is not equipped with everything he needs for developing his bodily and spiritual life. He needs others. Okay. Okay, did you hear that? I'm coming into the world. Well, just think about it. At a pure factual level, you come into the world as a baby. You are radically, utterly, completely dependent upon your parents, your those who are caring for you to be able to survive. On coming into the world, man is not equipped with everything he needs for developing his bodily and spiritual life. He needs others. Differences appear tied to age, physical disabilities, uh, physical abilities, intellectual or moral aptitudes, the benefits from social commerce, and the distribution of wealth. The talents, quote-unquote talents, are not distributed equally. Okay, so the Lord is not like ignorant of the fact that there are some who have more and there are others who have received less. And that more isn't just like physical abilities, but all those other goods, uh, all those other quote-unquote talents that have been put into some people's hands. And by the way, if you're hearing my voice and you're living in the United States, you're ahead of well, probably nine out of ten people in this world. So, There's a level of stewardship that is ours that is immense. Okay, now 1937, because this is the kicker for Thanksgiving. These differences, these differences in these talents that are distributed unequally, these differences belong to God's plan, who wills that each receive what he needs from others. And that those endowed with particular talents share the benefits with those who need them. These differences encourage and often oblige persons to practice generosity, kindness, and sharing of goods. They foster the mutual enrichment of cultures. All right, if you're tracking with this, that God intended it so that we would not be independent of each other, 
that we have all that we need all by ourselves. And it comes not only from the fact of our existence, that we got that from God completely as a gift, but that we're born into this world in a, in a position, in a condition where it is all a gift. You need everything from others, not just from God, but, but God through others. Others are giving you gifts, the gifts of love and care, food, nourishment, protection, shelter, giving you a name, giving you uh, the, the, all of the, the things to protect you and provide for you and lead you and form you and shape you, completely dependent upon them for, for the first how many years of your life. And, but then even as we get older, we look around and we realize, my goodness, I've been given so much. I'm called upon to share with others generously. Practice generosity and kindness, and sharing of goods. And so, according to the Catechism, God has willed this inequality of the goods of the earth, right? Opportunities, family connections, abilities, personal situations, physical, mental attributes, so that those who have less, those who have less, look to those who have more, and in their realization that they need others, they realize how much they need God to reach the fulfillment of their lives. Did you get that? If we're in a position where we need to rely on others, that ends up connecting us to realizing how much we need God. I'm going to raise my hand and say, I know that from the inside. I know that because I've worked in ministry. I've worked for nonprofit organizations since 1989. That's a lot of years. And, and in those years, working for nonprofit organizations, I realized that I'm not getting everything that I need financially by my own work alone. But rather, there is a trusting, a trusting that God will provide a trusting that God will provide through his people. I need other people to help me so that I can provide for my family. I got to tell you, as a guy, I don't like that. I tell you, as a, as a man, as a husband and father providing for my family, I want to have a sense of control, a sense of autonomy, a sense of independence, a sense of causing and affecting. And instead, being asked by the Lord to be in an organization, a nonprofit organization that says, I'm relying on you, Lord, through people, that I'm in their hands in some way. That's a vulnerable place to be. It's a place of saying, Lord, I trust that you have enough people who will live generosity because they've received generously from you and they recognize the stewardship that is theirs, that as I exercise the stewardship of the gifting you've given to me with my time and my talents, that's only going to yield a certain amount of treasure for my life, that you're going to provide the remaining treasure that I need to be able to provide for my family because they, who are using their time and their talents, have yielded them a treasure that is not only meant for them, but is meant as an act of stewardship and entrustment to them that they're going to share with others. Wow, that's how God designed things. That's how God designed it. 
And so today on, in, on this beautiful national holiday of Thanksgiving, I'm thankful to God for who he is and who he made us to be. Lord, who you made me to be. And that sense of being overwhelmed with gifts, the gift of my life, the gifts given to me in my life, my wife, my children, others that are around me, the gift of my faith, the gift of the good things that God provides for my life. How can I make a return to the Lord for all the good he's done for me? We go to Mass. Because Mass is what? The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, the celebration of the Holy Eucharist. Eucharist means, as you know, Thanksgiving. Eucharist means Thanksgiving. Because it is a way for me to give thanks to the Lord in a way that's fitting in a way that he deserves, in a way that's suitable. You see, at Mass, like outside of Mass, when I say thank you, God, in prayer, the Lord hears my voice. When I say thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, for all the good you've done for me. Thank you, Father, for blessing me in Jesus' name with life, with new life, with mercy, with all these gifts. The Lord hears my voice. I'm a member of the body of Christ, but he hears my voice. When I go to Mass, I'm participating in a sacrament. I'm participating in a sacred liturgy. And liturgy, one of the defining characteristics of a liturgy, is that there is a particular agent who is the principal actor in liturgical, properly speaking, liturgical actions. The agent, the principal agent in liturgy, is Jesus Christ, the high priest. Jesus Christ, the high priest, is the one who is the principal actor or agent of liturgical actions. We most often see those liturgical actions performed visibly by the priest, but the priest stands in persona Christi, in the person of Christ, the high priest, Christ, the head of the body. The priest is the embodied manifestation, ordained, sacramentally established to be in that position so that we can be assured it's Jesus Christ who is the principal actor. But what that means at Mass, in the celebration of the Holy Eucharist, when I say, thank you, God, the Father, thank you, Father, at Mass, the Father does not hear my voice. The Father hears the voice of the Son, the voice of the infinite, perfect, eternal Son of God. And it is through Him and with Him and in Him, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, that I'm able to say thank you, Father, and offer Him fitting thanks and praise. And so on this Feast of Thanksgiving, thank God in prayer, thank God personally. But if you can, if, if any chance at all, go to Mass to give thanks to God in a way that He deserves. And the gift that you've been given, the gift of your own life, give it back to Him. Be the gift that He intends you to be. Give Him the gift of yourself at Mass. God bless your day. Join me tomorrow for more Sun Insight.